Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast, and we have a special guest today. We have Joe Marino from the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. His partner in crime, Kyle Krabs, will be here next Wednesday. Uh, Joe, it is fantastic to talk to you. How is the Locked On Network treating you? How's everything going? Great to be aboard. Yeah. Hey, Matt, thanks for having me on and reaching out to, to get me on the show really appreciate that and it's it's awesome being part of this lockdown network with the amount of uh you know great analysts that we have delivering you know podcasts on a daily basis on these teams and you know national shows so it's it's great to be able to cross cross reference and uh, certainly appreciate you having us on yeah i was on locked on chiefs last night i think i'm going to be locked on colts later today so yeah it should be good stuff I, i'm in, i'm digging the cross referencing stuff and as long as i can figure out the technology to make it all work and get it on the internet to these fine people then we'll be fine um um first topic i want to bring up with you national title game you know what'd you think of it just as a viewer you know as a fan and then maybe we'll bring up some names and how that may have hurt or helped their draft stock that was a fun football game i think it rivals that texas U- usc game the, the vince young game uh, so from a fan's perspective that was a delight to see and it was it was really refreshing coming on the heels of uh, an NFL wild card weekend where all the games were lopsided and then both the uh, the previous college football playoff games were lopsided. I think the average margin of victory was 20.6 points per game in those six contests combined. So it was nice to see a high stakes football game with uh, that was that was close. Uh, so I certainly enjoyed watching it. I will say, you know, good night. The, the commercials took forever. I mean, that was a long football game. It almost felt like I was watching more Dr. Pepper commercials than I was reps on a football field. But uh, uh, it was worth the wait. And I, I had a fun, fun time watching that game as a fan. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, too. It was a blast. And, you know, the, the rematch factor was cool. And Deshaun Watson yeah, going against this defense. And, you know. Let's do it again next year, right? Yeah, every every year or so we'll just get <laughs> these two teams together. So I brought up Watson. You know, obviously he's the talk of the town now in the draft community after that performance. Um, obviously it didn't hurt his stock. What's your thoughts on him? You know, obviously it was very early in the draft process. So I'm not holding you to say, boy, this guy's a top five (laughs) pick or, you know, where he's going to end up on going. There's a long, long, lot to happen between now and then team needs will factor into it. But what do you think of his performance? What do you think of him overall? What's your early take on where he could go? Yeah, I mean, I think that was a heroic performance by Deshaun Watson in the in the title game, and uh, you saw a lot of things outside of just his physical ability that were very impressive. Number one, you know, just kind of his demeanor and his approach to the contest. It didn't go well to start. You know, his number one receiver and Mike Williams goes down. It seems like the offense goes a little stagnant for a while, uh, and, and then they continue to make adjustments and make plays down the stretch to win the national championship against a, you know, world-class defense like Alabama. You saw him uh, take hit after hit. I mean, this guy was, was rocked. Obviously the Reuben Foster helicopter hit comes to mind. Uh, the one uh, where the touchdown where he barely missed and he got rocked on the sideline and he just kept getting up. 
you know, his his countenance, the way he carried himself in that game. I mean, that's that's what you're looking for in your quarterback and your leader of your football team, and you know, uh, you know, ultimately one day an NFL franchise. Uh, so those types of things were really impressive to me. You know, not even getting into his traits, and and then uh, what I really like about Deshaun Watson as a prospect is his willingness and ability to test man coverage and throw one on run throws with leverage. Uh, obviously, he maximizes his uh, his talent around him. He's got really good, uh, you know, catch point guys and Mike Williams and and the tight end Jordan Leggett in particular. And I like his ability to throw it. You know, a lot of times you see uh, NFL quarterbacks that. Uh, need to see open targets and they're hesitant and they're very safe. You know, I think you get a guy into Sean Watson that's willing to make those throws. I think he's got plenty of arm strength. The accuracy is a little bit concerning. He's, he's intermittent with it, with his precision with ball placement. Um, but in terms of his ability to, to rise to the occasion now in, in, in a lot of big stages, you know, two playoff games, two national championship games, you know, two ACC championship games. I mean, the biggest stages college football has to offer. Deshaun Watson has risen to the occasion and played outstanding. Uh, so the intangibles, the physical traits are there, and, and the success is really, really impressive. So Deshaun Watson is a guy that uh, I, I, I value in the first round, a guy that I think will be sh- for sure taken in the top 10 picks of the draft because what he represents as a quarterback is a chance to end a franchise's search for their long-term answer at quarterback. And, and, you know, these NFL teams are hungry for that. We've seen guys like Jake Locker and Christian Ponder and Blaine Gabbert and E.J. Manuel go in the top 15 picks in the draft. And Deshaun Watson is a superior football player to all of those guys. So uh, I think that he's a risk worth taking in the top 10, 15 picks this draft. And uh, I like his prospects quite a bit. You think we'll hear his name you know, between now and draft day with that first overall pick, though, huh? I mean, you, you think that his name's going to come up? I think what's interesting with that is it's the Browns, and you have a player in Miles Garrett that uh, seems like a surefire blue-chip edge player. Uh, and then you also have the Browns who picked 12th in the draft. See, I think so, that's a great point. Like, if I'm looking at it now, I just take Garrett and then worry about the other one later. Because not to mention, you have so much draft capital, you can move from 10 mm-hmm. to 6 easily, you know? I, I think you're you're all over it there. I think that they're going to pull the trigger on Garrett and then look at maybe moving up and falling, you know, picking their quarterback. Maybe they like several quarterbacks that are similar. You know, maybe they like Trubisky and they like Watson and they like Kaiser, you know, whatever. Uh, I, th- I can see them, them thinking in terms of a combination with those two first-round picks, uh, but ultimately snatching up Miles Garrett one. But I think it's something that's going to be discussed. I mean, it's we've got you know, 100 days or so until this draft, and uh, you know this is going to be heavily analyzed. Sure. And I guess what I should have asked is, do you think the Niners consider him a two maybe? I mean, as a top two guy. I, I think so. I did a mock yeah. draft this week for FanRag Sports, and that's exactly who I pegged to the 49ers. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, you had mentioned Mike Williams. He started this game a little bit slow. I know a lot of people have him as the top receiver in this draft, and you could see him at the catch point, you know, as this game went on. Big physical guy, um, prototypical, you know, ISO, ex-ISO type of guy. Not a burner, correct? Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's got enough play speed, though. I, I don't think it's an issue, but it's not necessarily how he wins. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's open when he's covered. 
and, and you throw it near him, and he's got the ability to high point the football, win one-on-one situations, climb the ladder, attack it. I like the way he deals with the football at the catch point. And ball skills are huge, you know. I mean, it's it's right up there in terms of route running and the ability to separate uh, with me in terms of traits. Now, the other wide receiver I think people are going to be excited about is Corey Davis from Western Michigan, and, and I would have uh, no issue with either one of those guys being the top receiver in this draft. Do you think there's a you know that, that was to, to pull back the curtain? I had planned on talking <laughs> to you about national title, and then I was going to yeah. bring up wide receivers, and then maybe another position depending how long we go. But do you think those two are at the top of the list, and then you draw a line behind the two behind Davis and Williams? Yeah, I, I think no doubt about it. I think you have a, a pretty significant drop off after those two guys. Um, without getting too much into that discussion, I think it, it's clearly one A, one B. You know, do you like you know, Corey Davis? Brings a lot of uh, Yak, you know, he's a good, good, good after the catch guy, runs good routes, separates. Uh, he also has good ball skills at, at the catch point as well. So he's he's a very complete player. Might have a little bit more physical upside in terms of, uh, of burst and speed. But uh, I think Mike Williams, in terms of his ability to box out, uh, you know, d- defensive backs and makes catches special as well. So, you know, chocolate or vanilla. <laughs> I hear you. Who is the other receiver for Clemson? I know Leggett's the tight end. Renfro's the little dude that made the big t- big touchdown, but who's the mm-hmm. taller, faster guy? His name escapes me off the top of my head. They've got Deion Kane and Artavis yeah. Scott as oh, well. Oh, okay. They, a couple of them, as usual yeah. at Clemson. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Watkins and Martavis and Hopkins. And, um, is Renfro an NFL player? Uh, well, it's interesting. If you listen to this press conference after the game, the first thing he talked about is how he wants to be a coach. Yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, is, there a, looks like a is there a <laughs> right? Well, exactly. Well, I mean, is there a place for, uh, you know, slot receivers that, um, you know, run, run good routes, uh, make catches and, uh, are reliable. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm not sure physically he he has a lot of uh, physical upside to be excited about. But um, you know, I think he'll get an opportunity. Whether or not he sticks or not is is yet to be seen. And Leggett's kind of a second day tight end type of guy. He made a tremendous catch with and showed off some ball. Oh, I like Leggett a ton. I think he's got some of the softest hands I've seen in a tight end in a while. Just just one of those guys that just sticks to him. Uh, so he had so the that one wasn't top. a free catch he made, that one going behind him. I mean, that's the kind oh, of stuff he oh. does consistently. Yeah, okay. yeah. watch the tape. Yeah, no, special special pass-catching ability. I think he's, a, you know, at the second level, I think he had a four-day blocking. I thought that was a was a little bit of, of an issue for, for him. I think that's not where he wins, despite having a really nice frame as a blocker. But I think he's going to make a, an NFL quarterback quite happy with his reliability to catch the football, you know, and move the sticks. All right, let's move to the Bama defense, which obviously is just loaded and they have guy after guy after guy. But I thought, you know, that at a point there, they looked like they wore down a little bit. I mean, they, they ran a lot of plays at them. Um, Reuben Foster, to me, what I've seen of him, you know, casually three, four, five games that I've watched him, um, looks like maybe the next great second-level player in the NFL. No question. No yeah. question. Superstar. You know, Reuben Foster is going to be the top five player in this class for me. And uh, really, uh, I mean, you talk about a guy that's physical, aggressive, diagnoses plays quickly, gets to the football, plays through blocks. I mean, unbelievable in terms of physicality and aggression. And it's not it's not like it's uh, it's it's not backed up with, you know, high level ability to diagnose plays and get to the football. You know, he's the complete package. Uh, one of the big 
things he did has dropped weight uh, from last year to this year. And you saw that uh, show up in terms of his range. One of my notes on him from watching him over the summer was, you know, look, he's got everything except for he doesn't have the high end range that you look for in a, in a, in a top of the first round linebacker. Well, now he's got it. And there's no questions about his range and his ability to function laterally and get out into the sideline and boundary and make plays. He, he is complete. Now, I, I think maybe the one knock you can have on him is that uh, he, he's a little out of control sometimes when making tackles, but I think that's part of his package. Uh, and I wouldn't want him to to not be what he is and what makes him a great player. You know, he's going to have some of those moments where he just over pursues a bit, mm-hmm. but he's playing 100 miles an hour at all time. And I think this is going to be a face of a defense uh, in the NFL. Really, really special, uh, you know, Mike linebacker for me. Yeah, and from what I've seen, that's 100% true. And I, I got a kick out of it last year, you know, going right into the draft, people that would bash Reggie Ragland would be like, well, yeah, but he comes off the field sometimes in passing situations. And I didn't know, you know, who Foster was at the time, but I was like, well, who are they keeping on? I bet that guy's pretty good. You know, this isn't University of Delaware that what Ragland's coming off the field. I bet the guy that they're keeping on there is pretty decent. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And Reggie, I mean, not to get too much into Reggie Ragland, but uh, I think that's that's that just proves the three down ability from a guy like Foster. Not only is a, a you know. Uh, dominant run defender but he he's a really good hook curl defender he can play the flats carry running backs and tight ends into space you know he's a really nice complete football player the other one that it sounds like has maybe the best chance to go first overall from this game didn't have a monster game also seems like a complete football players bama defensive lineman jonathan allen I'm, i'm sure his dimensions will make him a little polarizing but he can play the game yeah, you want to talk about about a guy that just can't be moved and uh, the way that he deals with blocks and disengages and, and makes plays in the backfield, resets the line of scrimmage very consistently, great hand technique. I mean, just get him on the field. He's he's really good. I think he's a transcendent player across any scheme. Uh, you know, just get him, get him on your defensive line. I think he's, you know, from a technique perspective, from a power perspective, combined with athletic ability, you know, I think you've got a really, really, really refined defensive lineman uh, that's worthy of, of definitely a top five, top ten pick in this class. Yeah, it seems like you could use him a lot of different ways. And today's NFL, I mean, you don't have to say you're a three-four yeah. defense, you know, defensive end. You're yes. a three technique. We'll just figure out a place to play you. Right, right. Um, Multiplicity, yep. Yep, no doubt. And the two edge guys, I thought Ryan Anderson showed up huge in this game. I wasn't as familiar with him as Tim Williams. Williams is the smaller, major speed guy. He's the fastball coming off the edge, right? I mean, but both these guys are highly touted, correct? Yeah, no question about it. Um, I am... I am a Ryan Anderson over Tim Williams guy, and it's not like it's very definitive for me. But I'd love I, to I watch think, him the other night. You know, Ryan Anderson, he's such a refined player. The way that he, you know, not only he can rush the passer, create turnovers, and, and take really nice rush angles, win with hand technique, but his ability to play the runs really, really nice. His ability to just uh, has have a functional anchor and use his hands to set a firm edge and uh, and disengage and maintain outside leverage. I mean, really, really, really nice player uh, in terms of just the, the nuances and understanding how to play the edge. I think he got a little bit more athletic upside, but a little smaller player in Tim Williams. Um, I, I thought he'd have a better game, honestly in the national title game he he didn't uh, he wasn't able to really flatten and turn like like we had seen uh, more from him throughout the regular season and obviously we're not gonna write the book on tim williams in this game uh, but i think uh, in terms of being a little bit of a cleaner prospect uh both on and off the field i think you you have a better player in ryan anderson yeah and you know i look sometimes i, I fall into the trap of looking at things through black and gold colored glasses living here in pittsburgh and working with the Steelers <laughs> and but Anderson, to me, looked like a 3-4 stealer, 
six-two, not six-five, Demarcus Ware-looking, you know, edge player that they've had a lot of success with over the years. Perfect fit. Yeah, that, that'd yeah. be perfect. I think I mocked him. Uh, I, I, well, I mocked him to Dallas, which is not a, a, even close to similar schemes. But uh, I think he, he's his best fit would be as a three-four outside linebacker. Yeah. Okay. And I know we're, we're we're dragging here, but hey, this is good talk. Couple names I just wanted to throw at you. You can kind of just give me the the nickel conversation about them. Um, some of them didn't show as much in this game, but are getting a lot of buzz. Marlon Humphrey, the corner, uh, Alabama tackle Cam Robinson, and and I gotta say, watching him, I was not all that impressed. He does not look like a first round player to me. But there is a massive offensive line shortage, as I mentioned all the time in the NFL. And the last one I wanted to bring up is oh uh, OJ Howard. Ooh, uh, I like that list. Marlon Humphrey first, uh, really nice physical corner, good size, good length. Um, he he gets beat. You know, he's he give up uh, okay. an average of 17 yards per reception when he allowed to catch this season. So tracking the football, did locating, he have a tough second it. half in the game? I mean, I assume he did because their receivers were doing well, but I didn't notice who they were beating. Uh, yeah, well, those or guys were just making plays, but I yeah. think it is that that's a little bit of an indictment on Humphrey and his ability to not track and play the football as well. Physical, better athlete than he is football player at this time. Okay. Uh, you, the next guy you said was the offensive uh, tackle, uh, Cam, oh, Cam Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. You know what? Physically, physically gifted. You know, he's, he's long, he's powerful, but, uh, some of the technique stuff, he, he, he's hit or miss. He has some games where he's dominant. He has some games where you have a lot of question marks. Uh, the two offsides or two false start penalties on him really put Alabama behind the sticks. And I thought those were real drive killers for him. So some of the, the, you know, the concentration type stuff and, uh, being consistent with technique. Cause I think he's got the physical skills. It's a technique that fails him at times. And then you said, OJ Howard and real and, quick and on that Robinson. I mean, my hunch on him and tell me if I'm right yeah, or yeah, wrong yeah. is he probably was the highest recruited offensive tackle in the nation yeah. went to Bama they beat Florida State on him or something and, and and he probably I'm not saying he's lazy but hasn't had to work super hard in his life to be a great player ding 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 yeah yeah I mean there's <laughs> I mean you can write the prototype I mean as much recruiting as I've done too it's like yeah I bet he was a pretty high recruit You've seen this story before, right? right. <laughs> and and now he'll have to you know change his his lifestyle to be a success in the pros. Yep. And OJ Howard, I've heard it's a very oh, good yeah. tight end class. Oh yeah, really good tight end, and and the guy at the top of the list is OJ Howard for me. First and foremost, the best blocking tight end in college football right now. Uh, you saw that on wow. the touchdown run, the Scarborough, the first touchdown run. His ability to just to just create movement. Uh, with powerful leg drive, powerful hands, he get out to the get out the second level and make blocks. So he creates offense for his team with what he does uh, so well as a blocker. And then you saw we we see these glimpses of his receiving upside where he's uh, able to stretch the field uh, vertically, make really good catches. You know he's uh, he can work. Uh, sit down in zones, um, but he's he's unproven a little bit because just the targets weren't there for him as much as, for whatever reason, we'd like to see over the last four years at Alabama. So uh, I think he's a complete player. He's got all the the size you, and athletic ability you can want in the tight end, and I think he's going to be a, a better pro football player than he was college football player. He's a ready-made in-line tight end. It's funny. Like, if I were doing a mock just off the top of my head, and I obviously haven't done one yet, and, and you obviously have – I could see Howard going 20th or something like that to the Giants. Yeah, I had him uh, to Tennessee with their second pick. I don't know if it's 16 or 18. Okay. Somewhere, somewhere right in there. Same uh, I thought he was. 
yeah, I thought he'd mesh really well in that Mike Malarkey system playing alongside Delaney Walker uh, in two tight end sets. I thought that would give them a really difficult, difficult layer. So, so I, I'd like that fit. And I think that 15 to 20 is perfect for OJ Howard. Yeah. And the Titans have that, those extra picks. They can take a, lex- a luxury mm-hmm. guy or two, a value pick. Um, I was talking receivers with you a little bit. You mentioned Williams. You mentioned Davis. The little I know of the two of them, there's some similarities. I mean, they're close to the same size. They're physical players. They're good at the catch point. Uh, neither one's going to run under 4-4, though, correct? I don't think so. I think that Corey Davis will be faster, but I think he gets okay. two inches with Mike Williams in terms of uh, height. Okay, so Williams is noticeably bigger? Uh, a bit, I wouldn't say noticeably because Corey Davis is six, two, you know what I mean? So right, right, it's, right. it's, it, you know, they're both big receivers. Williams is a little bigger, but maybe it's a little bit, you know, a little bit more, uh, catch radius and, and, you know, Bill to elevate, but certainly not a deficiency for Davis. Okay. And Williams is pretty rocked up. I mean, it looks like he's muscular and, you know, he looks apart. Both of them. Yeah. From a physique perspective, I mean, they look like X receivers in the NFL and they play like alphas. So both. Both number one guys, I think you can scheme your passing game around. Okay, something like the Eagles would jump all over these guys in round one. Oh, gosh, yeah, that's exactly who I gave the Eagles, Corey Davis. Feels like (laughs) him and and Carson went. Yeah, no, that'd be perfect. Absolutely perfect. The name we've heard about for a couple years now is Juju Smith-Schuster from USC. Tell me about him. Physical. Uh, I, I like the way that he runs routes. He will, uh, he, you know, he's the kind of guy that uh, he, he's going to work you in his stem, you know, get out of his way. He, he's not going to let your press, uh, your press and your jam uh, affect his route. He's going to get into it and, and, and burst through contact to make good, good, um, good cuts. Um, he's, um, he's just a tick below those guys. Uh, I think he'll be in contention for that third or fourth receiver in this um, Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't as good this year. I think, uh, not having the consistency at quarterback, he, he had a good thing going with Cody Kessler, and then uh, the USC played the the Brown kid at corner quarterback before they got Darnold in there, and uh, you know it, it took him a little bit to get going. I don't think he's uh, quite as physically gifted. I, I don't think he's going to be a burner, more of like a Laquan Treadwell type in terms of his okay. uh, his athletic ability and movement. But um, people good don't like to call him a possession receiver. It, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just generalized. Yeah, yeah. Um, two Munchkins I wanted to mention: John Ross at Washington, D.D. Westbrook from Oklahoma. Explosive, dynamic guys with the football in their hand. I like Ross better. Uh, Ross okay. uh, is twitched up. He works all levels of the field. I, I like the way he deals with the football. He, he attacks it pretty aggressively. He's he's just tough to run with, and he and he finishes real well. Finds space, uh, kind of in that. Uh, well, I don't want to say old Odo Beckham mold, but they, they win in some more ways their ability to just run away from defenders. Uh, D.D. Westbrook's gonna, a, a guy with, with some with, a, with some off-the-field stuff that you know people are going to have to vet that out, some domestic violence stuff and, and uh, some real concerns there with him. Uh, good football player, um, maybe just a tick below what you get in Ross, but th- that off-the-field stuff's going to push Westbrook down uh, you know, further than it should Okay. in terms okay. of where he is as a football player. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, tell me about the safety class as a whole. I mean, we'll, we'll spend five or ten minutes at most on just chat, chatting safeties. You mentioned that it was a, a, a position that you were pretty familiar with. Yeah, a strong group, or and uh, you know, I, 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 well, this is there's a guy at the top of this list that excites me as much as any safety 
Oh, I've ever looked at. And I think, and look, I'm going to give some high praise here. And I'm not like one of these guys that says stuff like this very often, but I think you've got Sean Taylor at safety. I think you've got Eric Berry, you know, over the last 10 years of really, really great safeties to come out. And then you got Jamal Adams, this, this safety from, from LSU. He's, he's right there in terms of, of skills coming out uh, really big physical plays under control, aggressive. He can play forward. He can play backward. He can line up in man coverage. He can line up in your single high, your, your deep zones, in the box and, and do everything at a high, high level. I mean, tremendous tape, ability to create turnovers, plays of the football. I mean, he's just whatever you want a safety to do, he does it, and he does it at a very, very high level, uh, worthy of a top five uh, selection. Jamal Adams is a special, special football player. People are going to talk about Ohio State Malik Hooker, uh, their, their safety. Um, this is a guy that um, – you know, He just I'm, declared I, the other I, day, right? He did, and, okay. and you want to talk about a deep zone defender with plus ball skills and range. I think it's really, really good. I think that's where his – But he's not little either, though. I mean, he's, he's well over six No, he's tall. not. Right, right. Okay. Six, six two two oh five is what he's listed at. But I think he is – oh, gosh. Uh, I, I want to put this nicely, but he is – he needs a lot of work in run support and playing forward and tackling. A guy that's a pile um, inspector. That's exactly what he is. And, and <laughs> I, I look, we, we he's, he's a bit soft. A bit he really is, and he's right. slow. He's slow to process coming forward. He's not a guy that I'm going to value personally as much as I do Adams, as much because he's a very complete prospect. But in terms of you know deep zones and ball ball skills, very very good player. So I mean, he's a single high guy. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and there's value in that. I mean, there's a lot of teams are running the uh, the Seattle defense right now mm-hmm. and looking for the next Earl Thomas. I'm not comparing him to Earl Thomas, but yeah. if he could just do that and play away from the line of scrimmage, I mean, I'm sure teams will like that from him, especially if he's six one, six two. You know, when they put the measuring stick on him. Um, Buda Baker from Washington. I mean, they, they have a loaded defense. He's a smaller guy, good player. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's small, but my goodness, he don't play like it. Yeah, you know, he he is he's he's aggressive at pursuing the football and uh, tackles really really well, processes quickly, and just thrives in coverage. He just doesn't have the size that you get from a Jamal Adams or a Malik Hooker. I mean, are we going to hear comparisons to Bob Sanders and you know a missile type guy that can he stay healthy because he doesn't value his body and those type of <laughs> comments coming? That'll that'll be the narrative for sure on him. Um, yeah. I think that's a pretty good comparison. I, I can see them. They win in similar ways and similar frame. You know, my, I don't think he's quite as stocky as Bob Sanders, but he might be a little taller. Okay. Uh, give me another safety name or two that people need to know about that are potential top 50 picks or, you know, day two guys or whatever. Marcus Williams, safety from Utah. I okay. think that he's the B, the B plus version of Jamal Adams in terms of uh, a complete skill set, just not quite. Uh, quite at the same level. Um, I think he'll be a top 50 player and uh, somebody will get a quality starter. Xavier Woods from uh, Louisiana Tech, really productive football player, a ton of uh, production, at, you know, breaking on the football with pass defenses and, and, and a lot of interceptions, makes a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage, force, you know, nearly 10 fumbles. So he's the kind of guy that's looking to create big uh, turnovers and and has a you know the, does all the stuff you want him to do in terms of where he can line up and, and play coverage and in run support. And, and the last guy, uh, guy that really popped for me on tape was Obi Melifondu, UConn safety. Uh, if you like the the big long guys that can uh, you line up with your with your bigger tight ends in the NFL and, and cover them like a cornerback and has the length to compete at the catch point, uh, he's he's really really good in terms of that. Uh, he's got a little work to do as a tackler. He'll you know he's a little like you said a pilot specter a little bit. He likes to sidestep and latch on from the side, but uh, from a coverage 
perspective and his ability to line up in man coverage against big tight ends and bigger slot receivers, that'll be a lot of value. So those are some of my other favorites at the uh, safety position this year. I I just want to go back to Adams real quick. I mean, tell me (laughs) if I'm right on this. I mean, it sounds like you you throw the name Sean Taylor around. I mean, and I got hired with the Browns the day after they drafted Kellen Winslow. You know, it was Butch Davis and all those dudes from the U that were running the Browns at the time. And they basically said Winslow before injury. And I saw him be like, that was an un- unbelievable player. And Sean Taylor were basically perfect players. You know, that there was no negatives on their mm-hmm. scouting reports. I went back and read them. You know, they took those guys over Roethlisberger and Rivers. And, you know, they, they, they wanted Taylor as much as Winslow. Uh, unfortunate how his career turned out. And, you know, the, obviously he was, you know, he was killed. Um, but do you think Adams is really, you know, if you're, if you're writing a, a strengths column and a negative column, is it hard to put something in the negative column? Is he that type of guy? Anything that I would say on Jamal Adams that was a negative would be the the most nitpicky minor of gripes that I can come up with. Uh, I, I do trait-based scouting, and I have, uh, looking at my report here on him, I have seven different traits that I value. Um, he graded very, very high in every area. If there was one spot that he was a tick below, and I mean a, a, a slight tick, was uh, just some of the, the tackling. Um, there's some times where he comes in a bit over-aggressive. Um, and, and he'll, he'll, he'll over pursue slightly, but I mean, we're talking few and far between. I, sure. I hate even saying it, you know? Uh, so I think, I mean, he's as complete as a safety. I mean, right there in terms of Barry and Taylor from an evaluation standpoint coming out, uh, you know, he, he rivals those players really, really, really good talent. Sometimes when you, you watch a guy, you almost have to like, well, I have to put something negative about him. <laughs> I mean, I can't just put all glaring you're, you're, ends. You know? You're not kidding, Matt. Yeah. I mean, that's what it, you feel like you're not doing your job. But uh, <laughs> right. you know, it's, it's so easy to identify the traits and what he can do well and get excited. It, you know, it would be really, really minor gripes for Adams. So, give me a position grade, or, or give me a letter grade on the wide receivers and safeties if you compare them to the last ten years or whatever. Oh gosh, safety is A plus. Wow, okay, great. I mean, this is this is the safety class we've we've hoped and these are the guys that we've we've made up other players to be. You're you right, know? Right. So, okay. So uh, this is what we've been waiting for. Now receiver uh Where did you mock no. Adams, by the way? How high did you have him uh, going? I mean I'm sure everybody would love went, to have him, but you have to be pretty solid to take a safety that high. Oh man. Um I I'm pretty confident I had him top five for some reason it's not maybe jumping. the bears I'll, i mean exactly no i had i am going quarterback trubisky okay um no, I didn't mean to my James goodness Bob. i can't believe i can't remember but early no early, no no worries early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it was it was very early yes yes okay and give uh, me a letter grade on the receiver class i mean that's probably not the beckham evans landry class no you, you forgot about sammy Watkins when you said oh, there's so um, many good ones in that class <laughs> no, no, we're nowhere near. We're nowhere near uh, that same level. Um, I would say just because I think you only have two guys that I say right now are, are you know, X receivers in the NFL. Um, you know, we'll give it like a B minus or something like that. I think you have a lot of number two quality receivers, a lot of niche guys, you know, like speed, uh, little speed guys uh, in, in mm-hmm. you know, possession guys. But you're not not a whole lot of guys that you, you look at their tape and say, you know, this is going to be a, a number one receiver in the NFL. So for that reason, I'll, I'll give it a B minus. And to answer your question, I gave Tennessee Jamal Adams at number five. Wow. That would be a great fit for them. I like, oh, that. Yeah. I like I, that a lot. I like that, that combination that I gave them in terms of Adams and Howard would, would be really nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking if I'm the Titans, I don't know – you know, if he's there, from what I know about this class, who would I rather have? I mean, if I pick first overall and I'm the Titans, I might take him. 
You're not kidding. I, you know, and here's – I did um, – I, I, Adams, Reuben Foster, Miles Garrett, those are guys that are blue-chip prospects mm-hmm. that would, would easily be in contention for the number one pick, uh, you know, assuming the team didn't have their, their quarterback in any year. Okay, okay. I mean, they're elite prospects for their respective positions. You know, you're not saying Reuben Foster, uh, inside linebacker, is going to go first overall, but he's that type of no, prospect. But- Sure, sure. It's yeah, not that's his where fault. I'm at. Yes. Right. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Joe, this was a blast. We will have you back at some point. We will have your partner in crime, Kyle, next Wednesday. Um, all you guys on the, that are listening, please give us some feedback. This has been our first real draft talk since the uh, Locked On NFL podcast has been in existence. Spread the word. Go check out Locked On NFL Draft. Joe, it was great having you, man. This was fun. Thank you so much, Matt. And uh, hey, uh, enjoy the offseason and the playoffs. I know you got a lot to dig in on the podcast. So uh, best of luck on continued success. No offseason here. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> I'll talk to you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17